All right. Well, welcome to Receiving God's Blessings. Um, my name is Robert Spector, Rock of Israel Ministries. I'll be your presenter today. The, uh, before I begin with the uh, PowerPoint, I want to share a little bit about myself, our ministry. Um, I don't know if anyone is aware uh, that there are six million Jews in America and most of them do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And so talk about an unreached people group. This is a very important part of our community that need to be reached. In fact, as will be noted somewhere along in the uh, PowerPoint, there should be a priority to reaching the Jewish people as God has given priority to the Jewish people. And so I'll be talking about that in a few minutes. But our ministry is primarily involved in three main areas of ministry. First, of course, is the proclamation that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah of Israel. And uh, we do that through outreaches at fairs and county fairs, state fairs. So if you go to the state fair this year, please look us up. We'll be at the Ohio State Fair. Um, a few years ago, we went to the uh, Cuyahoga County Fair, but um, it was very hot and not, not well attended, and so we haven't been back. But anyways, so outreach is a primary goal of our ministry, of course, as a missionary. I'm a missionary of the Assemblies of God um, for many years. And um, the second area of ministry for us is what we do in churches, helping Christians understand that the Bible is a Jewish book written by Jews, obviously under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so that is our second area of ministry. We travel, speak, conferences, conventions. I'm always on the go, uh, always traveling. Um, the uh, third area is the resources that we either take to the churches, the prayer shawls, the anointing oil, the shofars, the jewelry, whatever, uh, that we take to the fairs, we take to the churches because this is a way to support our outreaches at fairs. I'm sure you're aware that we don't just show up at a fair, we have to pay for that opportunity. And it is a very expensive form of evangelism um, because not only is there the booth costs, but there's the travel, the lodging, the meals, all that is involved in having a booth at a fair, and some of them are very long. For instance, the San Diego Fair we're going to in June begins June 5th and ends on July 5th. So a whole month long, and so you can understand the expense of a, something like that, especially distance. Um, being in California and then the cost of living in California, all those things um, make it imperative that we raise our uh, uh, support somewhere other than at the fairs. So, um, but today, oh, and there are two books I wanted to recommend. Um, I, I have a few copies, but the two books I want to recommend uh, are not necessarily specifically on this topic, but imparting the blessing. This uh, book deals with uh, blessing our children. I think this is a lost art form. The Bible talks about the patriarchs blessing their children, and we read about these blessings, and yet 
today we don't talk much about having specific blessings for our children. So that's imparting the blessing, uh, somewhat about our topic today. And the second is our hands are stained with blood. This is the tragic story of the church and the Jewish people. It gives you the history of uh, the anti-Semitism and the um, persecution that the church has done to the Jewish people. Most Christians have no clue as to what's happened in the past and it will help uh, Christians understand that Jewish people are afraid of Christians and their intent. And so, uh, Our Hands Are Stained With Blood was written by Dr. Michael Brown. He's written many books. In fact, I don't know if you remember the revival in Pensacola a long time ago, a number of years ago. Uh, he was one of the pastors there. And so, Our Hands Are Stained With Blood, uh, the tragic story of the church and the Jewish people. All right, enough commercial. The... Um, the topic is receiving God's blessings and there's there's a lot being said about um, oh I don't know if you've heard the term name it and claim it uh, this whole idea of of proclaiming uh, things that you want God to do for you and that is not what we're talking about today we're not talking about name it and claim it we're talking about how God has put in his word um, um, requirements or, or understanding of wh what he will bless, what he blesses. And so we want to look at that today. The uh, five ways I want to talk about are listen and obey God, because the scripture says that if we do this, we will be blessed. Uh, number two, do not listen to ungodly counsel. This is another uh, I uh, admonition that uh, we, sh we will lose our blessings if we listen to ungodly counsel. And then number three, honor authority. This is also a way that God has put in his word that he says that we will be blessed if we honor authority. And by the way, I should have said at the beginning, uh, I didn't bring handouts, but if you would like uh, an outline of this talk, just email me and uh, I'll, I'll send you the outline. I apologize, I should have made copies. But anyways, number three, honor authority. Number four, be generous. Another way that God has made it clear that we will receive God's blessings if we are generous. And number five, and of course, this might seem self-serving for me to say this, but the Bible is very clear that if we bless Israel, we will be blessed. So let's talk about these. And... Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about what do you call God's blessing? What is it that you would say uh, you have been blessed by God? Is it money? Uh, is uh, a good job? Is that what you would call a blessing from God? Is it possessions? Maybe your home or um, maybe your speedboat. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Is it possessions? Is it good health? Is this what you would call blessings from God? Is it family? Maybe it's a child or a grandchild is a blessing from God. Um, 
freedom is a blessing. Uh, we all know that there are people enslaved and, and uh, we should be concerned about their freedom. And, and so this is a, we live in a, a country where we have many freedoms and we have been blessed. Uh, what makes it so that we were born in America? Why not in, you know, Russia or, or some other country, Saudi Arabia? Uh, where their, your freedoms are very much controlled. And so uh, why, why should we be blessed to be living in a land where we, can, we, can, uh, we have so many freedoms? Retirement may be uh, what you would call a blessing if, if you can reach retirement and, or a long life. Uh, uh, it's always sad to uh, hear about a young person taking their life. I mean, it's just... You don't understand um, that life is so precious. Why, why people take their lives, and so long life is is a blessing. And then, of course, uh, the ultimate goal of all of us is eternal life, and that is a blessing. Uh, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall have an everlasting life. Anyway, so inner, eternal life is another blessing from God. What, is, is there anything I've left out? Is there something that you would add to my list of blessings that you feel God has blessed you with? Is, anything? Is this a comprehensive list? Um, well, um, well, let's look at at these five ways to receive God's blessing. Maybe. There we go. Number one, listen and obey God. In Genesis 22:18, it says, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So obedience is a prerequisite for blessing. He will bless because of obedience. In Psalms 112.1, it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who... Boy. Where? Oops. I, I went forward. I didn't mean to. There we go. No? Who fears the Lord and delight? Oh, now I messed up the screen. There we go. Who, who fears the Lord and who delights greatly in His commandments? There is um, a problem with many Christians' understanding of God's laws. Um, I, if I were to ask you, you're not. You don't seem to very be very energetic in responding to me, so I won't, won't ask you, but um, if I were to ask you if you thought that the law was done away with or that the law is bad, you, you might say that because so many Christians think of the law as being um, done away with or, or not good. And yet, Jesus said, I've not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. He, he said he was going to keep the law. And yet there are many Christians who think that the law was done away with, and yet 
the law in all of Scripture is good. Look everywhere in Scripture about the law, and it is good. And we'll see that in other of these verses. And yet, many Christians think that we have been uh, 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 relieved or, or, or we, we don't have to follow the law. But what's the opposite of law? Lawlessness. And that's chaos. And that, for instance, when you come to a red light, what do you do? Stop. Do you have to? Yes. Is it good for you? Yes. Um, if you don't, can you be hurt? Yes. All right, that's the same principle of all of God's laws. The laws are good. Now, I, I you know, recognize that we are not under the laws, um, what is it called, the, the penalty. We're not under the, the penalty that breaking the law brings. We have a protection against that, that penalty of death. We have a savior. But does that negate the laws? No. The laws are still there for us, for our good. For instance, uh, another example. In the Bible, we, we have washing hands is a law. Now, you might say, well, you know, we wash our hands because, you know, med medicine or medical uh, reasons that if we wash our hands, we'll be, uh, there is less likely of catching the flu, right? All right, so we know the reason for the law is that, or one of the reasons for that law is the, 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 for our protection. And I believe that all of God's laws are for our protection. Now, I have to agree that some laws apply to different people. For instance, there were laws for the priests, there were laws for women, there were laws for men, there were laws for Jews. And so there might be application, you know, specific applications to certain peoples, but God's law, we should not have this, this idea that God's law is bad or that we're not subject to his laws. His laws are good. In fact, as is seen here, you're blessed if you keep his laws. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. Psalms 119.2 Blessed are those who keep his testimonies and seek him with a whole heart. Psalm 128.1 Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. And so we, we see that there is a blessing that comes from doing the will of God, doing what God desires. Whoops, sorry. We also have here in Luke eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, He said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's what Jesus said. And then James one twenty five, James or Yaakov in Hebrew, Jacob. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, 
and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And so, again, the concept of doing God's will will bring blessing. And, uh, and so we, we need to get rid of this idea that uh, doing something... Uh, how, how, many, how many times have you heard that, oh, they are trying to work for their salvation, or they believe that they're going to work their way into heaven? We can't do that. That's impossible. Um, our salvation comes from one source, and that is Jesus, his atonement for our sin. However, this does not negate the fact that we should be doing good works. Um, the works are an expression of who we are. If we are following God, we're doing good works. And uh, so, um, so many people think that Jews are trying to work their way to heaven by doing good works. That's not, the, that's not what they think. In fact, most Jews don't even believe in heaven. They don't believe in salvation for heaven. They are doing it. Why are they doing good works? Because God said to. I think that's a good reason. Because God has... Uh, God's will is that we do good works. And so, of course, uh, Jewish people are not work, trying to work their way into heaven. Um, as I said, there are many Jews that don't believe in heaven. <laughs> there are many Jews who don't even believe in God. There are Jews that, you know, there's many different beliefs amongst the Jewish people. You have Reformed, Conservative, Orthodox, Ultra-Orthodox. But you have Jewish Buddhists, you've got Jewish atheists, you've got you know, a lot of different people. And, and they're not trying to work their way into heaven. They're doing good works because the Bible tells them God said to do good works. And that's what Yaakov or James says here in James 1.25. Uh, and then in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, 22, the last chapter, 14, Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city. It appears that our very salvation, our very uh, um, entry into the gates into the city, depend on our doing his commandments, keeping his commandments. Of course, I, you know, I want to make it very clear, I believe that our atonement only comes from one source. We are saved by Jesus. That's, that's a bottom line. But with our salvation, we should be doing what he said to do. And uh, so here we have another verse, listen and obey God. All right, number two, how to receive God's blessings. Do not listen to ungodly counsel. We first have where we need to listen to God's counsel, God's laws. But on the other hand, we don't want to listen to ungodly counsel. In Psalms 1.1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And so, again, our blessings come if we're not listening to the ungodly. If we don't 
associate um, our lives or our, our, what we do with the ungodly or the unrighteous. Uh, and we also see from Scripture that the opposite of blessed is cursed. So if we do what God says, we're blessed. If we don't do or if we do uh, in opposition to what God says, we are cursed. And so if we want blessing, we need to stay away from the curses, obviously. And uh, in Genesis 12:3, again, I'll come back to this verse several times in this uh, discourse. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so we see that those who curse Israel are cursed. And, and I think we can apply that to other areas in, in our lives. If we do what God hates, then we will reap the consequences of that action. If we don't follow God, there is cursing or there is uh, not blessing, if you want to use that terminology. And so this is an important facet of being blessed, is not getting involved in the ungodly, the unrighteous, not being influenced by them. Oh boy, this slide is not... Honor your father and mother. And then I would add the concept of spiritual elders because... You know, some of us, our parents are gone, but there's still authority or, or parentage or spiritual elders that we have that we should listen to. They are our spiritual elders. And so um, I would add also authorities. Now, civil authorities, uh, those who have control over you. Um, these are, are, are ones we need to honor. Of course, uh, one of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother for your days, so that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And so here we have a promise that if we do what God says in honoring our parents, then he will increase our days. And so there's a blessing uh, uh, involved in, in doing, uh, honoring our father and our mother. And as I said, I would extend that to our spiritual elders too. I think that God will bless us if we honor our spiritual elders. Um, sometimes there are um, people in authority over you that... Uh, are not righteous uh, or, or are not following God. And so uh, we have a situation where there is um, ungodly authority over us. And yet we're still to respect it and honor it. Um, of course, we can't do, if they tell us to do something that's against God's word, we can't do that, but we can honor and respect them and do if it doesn't conflict with God's word then we should do what they say and so we see that in 1st Timothy 2 1 through 3 therefore I exhort first of all that you that all 
of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. Um, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. And so here we have a situation where, where we will receive um, a peaceful life if we do that. And, and that is a blessing of God. How many are, are uh, in countries or in situations where they don't have a peaceful life? And so uh, this is a wonderful blessing to have a peaceful life. Uh, number four. Whoops. Yeah, number four. This is the fourth re uh, way to receive God's blessing, and that is through our generosity. Uh, I don't know if you've thought of the, f the fact that, that you will be blessed if you bless others. This is the concept that God... Um, has put into practice this this idea of uh, where 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 you plant seed, uh, you will reap a harvest, and we can understand that in Proverbs twenty two nine it says, "He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bre bread to." Boy, I wish I. I think I need uh, to. Um, do this. So we have, uh, whoops, we went ahead there. Okay. So uh, a generous eye. Now, uh, most of you may not be familiar with this term. It's a, a, um, it's a Jewish idiom. Uh, a generous eye or a good eye is a, a Jewish idiom. And um, it is, uh, sorry, I want to pull this up so I can read these verses. <laughs> um, and so a generous eye, or a good eye, is an idiom. You, you know what an idiom is. It's a figure of speech. So when I say it's raining cats and dogs, you know I'm not talking about animals. <laughs> That's an idiom. Well, this is a Jewish idiom. A, a good eye means a generous person. And... Um, uh, goodness. Sorry. Okay, so, um, almost there. A, um, so generosity will bring blessings, and, uh, uh, Oh. Okay. In Acts 20:35, it says, "I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive." So, Giving is, is an action that will bring blessing to us. We, we, we know that, 
you know, the pastor probably has preached a sermon lately that says, you know, that you rob God if you don't give uh, your tithe. This is uh, uh, true, but it is also true that our generosity brings blessing back to us. That when we give, we receive. And, uh, uh, and then in Matthew 6, 3, it says, But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And so, um, charitable deeds are rewarded. And, and so uh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm adding this into what will bring God's blessings is our generosity. Matthew 6.22 says, The lamp, is, lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great that darkness. And, and so remember I said a good eye is a Jewish idiom for generosity. And, and here we have again that you will be full of light with your generosity. If you have a good eye, if you have a generous um, uh, spirit. So many in... Uh, are, are looking for blessings and are looking to be blessed and they don't realize that how they, they uh, treat others and how they respond to God's um, will uh, causes them to be uh, in lack. That um, this is a direct uh, application of God's blessing for those who are generous. Now we come to uh, the the uh, last one, and it is a as I said, you might think it's self-serving because I want you to bless Israel, but this is definitely part of scriptures. This is what God has said. Coming again, once again to Genesis 12.3. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in, all, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now this blessing isn't just to Abraham. God said it to Abraham. But he repeats it again to Isaac. And then he repeats it again to Jacob, Israel. who He changed Jacob's name to Israel. And, and so we, we understand that this blessing is about Israel. That God will bless those who bless Israel. He will curse those who curse Israel. Uh, there are, have been many times in history where Christians have not blessed Israel. In fact, they have done the opposite. And countries have, have cursed Israel. Uh, we can. Uh, we don't have to look back far in history uh, to the Holocaust, that um, where six million Jews were exterminated, just because they were Jews. There was no other reason. They. It was just that they were Jews, and and I can't imagine what God's 
shall we say, reward or punishment will be for those. What he said is, I will bless them who bless you and curse them that curse you. And, and obviously, the Nazis did terrible things. And I can't imagine what God's punishment will be. And so there is this repeated promise to Israel that those who bless them will be blessed. But also, he says, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So because of the Jews, because of Israel, many nations will be blessed. And uh, we, should, we should bless them because God said to, right? But at the very least, we should bless them because it promises a blessing to those who bless them. And uh, uh, I could spend all day on, on the ways that Israel has blessed. Um, we could talk about, uh, in modern times, the number of inventions that have been uh, uh, brought forward from Israel or from the Jewish people. Many of the um, great uh, deeds or great things in history have come from Israel or from the Jewish people anyways. You know, you have scientists, you have composers or musicians, you even have comedians, uh, the Jewish comedians. Many of the actors and actresses uh, in the movies are Jewish. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of that, but many of them are. Uh, people like uh, William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, Sarah Jessica Parker, um, Adam Sandler, you know, just so many of the entertainers are Jewish, which is an interesting uh, situation where the, the people that have been most persecuted are the most to entertain. It's just, it's an odd oddity. But God said that he would bless the world through them. And uh, inventions like the cell phone were developed in Israel. The um, drip irrigation was developed in Israel. And, um, and so um, even recently I heard that Israel might be the first to develop a, uh, a um, what is it called, uh, against this virus. Yeah, the coronavirus, but it will develop a um, vaccine. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, uh, for the coronavirus. And so there is um, many things that the world has been blessed because of the Jews. I think I uh, remember that even Washington in his fight against the British for America was uh, given um, money by Jewish uh, banker to help the cause of the revolution. And so, yeah, throughout history, Jewish people have, have uh, been a blessing to the places where they have been. And yet, it is hard to believe, but almost every country has expelled the Jews. You know, we talk about in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Have you heard that one? Well. My understanding is, is that he was escaping persecution in Spain. That was the same year that the Jews were expelled from Spain. I don't know. Anyways, uh, 
they have been uh, expelled from many countries just because they were Jews. And yet, God has made a promise that they will be a blessing. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. Besides the uh, scientific advancements, besides the um, uh, entertainment value, besides all of that, we, we, we can look to Scripture and see that the Bible was written by the Jews under the inspiration of God. That the, the Messiah is Jewish. He came from a Jewish mother, Miriam or Mary. That, uh, that uh, so much of our, our knowledge of God is, is from the Jews. The, the Bible is a story of the Jews. And, uh, and yet, uh, and so God says, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And, and of course, Jesus being a Jew is the ultimate blessing to everyone, to the world. All right, uh, here's a couple of uh, passages that just shows that the blessing of God is because or resides with Israel that where they are, the, where they are is blessed or the place that they are is blessed. Here we see in, in Genesis 30, 27, and Laban said to him, Please stay, if I have found favor in your eyes. He's talking to Jacob. For I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. So you understand that God has a blessing upon Israel and that where Israel is or where Israel um, resides, that is blessed. And yet why would country after country expel the Jews? Uh, in Genesis 39, 5, we see this the same thing with Joseph. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over, over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And so God is blessed because of Israel. I hope that you are finding an internal uh, desire to bless Israel because not only is, has God said to do that, but you will be blessed when you bless Israel. And then in Numbers 22:12 we see the opposite. When God and God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. So even those who want to curse Israel can't do it because God said they are blessed. Of course, they, this doesn't account for all the persecution and, and um, so many Jewish people who lost their lives, but God says they are blessed. Now, uh, you might say, well, they, they're not saved. Israel's not saved unless they accept Jesus, and that is true. But I would call your mind to the prodigal son and remember that the father did not stop loving him even though he was far from him. And God has not stopped loving Israel because they are far from him. He still loves Israel. 
And um, here we have another situation where Jesus is talking. And he, he tells the story of the king and his return. And uh, I want to read this whole uh, passage because I think it's very applicable. Uh, Matthew 25, 34 through 38. Uh, actually through 40, I'm sorry, that is a typo there. Uh, then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. So most people would recognize that we have <coughs> an obligation of compassion. We have an obligation to those who are sick, to those who are in prison, to those who are poor. We understand that we should have compassion on them and th that this is uh, what God, uh, Jesus said, the king will say, come and you blessed of the Lord if you do this, if you do these things of compassion because but look at what he says he said to the least of these my brethren who are the Lord's brethren the Jews Israel that's his brethren and yet so many people though they're involved in compassion ministry forget that Jesus was specifically talking about his brethren I, I don't want to say that the other isn't, isn't important. Of course, we need to be concerned about those in prison and, and poor. Definitely. But Jesus said, my brethren. And um, the king is returning. What will he say to those that have dealt with his brethren? What will he say to those who have not given a drink or food or, or helped. I, I can't imagine uh, well the scriptures I mean, if you uh, look at the scriptures before this it talks about the fact that they are sent out into utter darkness for not doing this. And so we, we see that Jesus is saying there's a blessing come and inherit the blessing of my father all right so now the um, uh, let's see one more slide here this is um, uh, can't see it but um, this is a um, an outline of a message that um, uh, pastor Robert Morris from Gateway a Super Church or a Mega Church gave. 
he he also wrote a book on on uh, receiving a blessing or or being a blessing. He he called this message "Blessed to Be a Blessing," and um, I I usually have a saying um, that. Uh, why did God create Israel? You, you understand that God created Israel, right? That God chose Abraham, He chose Isaac, He chose Jacob, <coughs> the 12 tribes of Jacob or the 12 tribes of Israel. So God created Israel. And I, I say, why did God create Israel? Because He wanted to bless the world. His desire was that they be a light to the Gentiles, right? That was their calling, the calling of God. So blessed to be a blessing. God has blessed Israel so that they can be a blessing to the world. And, and I believe that is true of all of us, that we, that we have been blessed and therefore we need to be a blessing. Anyways, again, we come to Genesis 12, 3. I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Blessed to be a blessing. Uh, in his outline, he has, uh, number one, the peace of Israel. In Psalms 122, uh, 6, it says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. If you want to prosper, you need to love Jerusalem, love Israel, pray for Israel. Uh, this is in the Scripture. Nowhere else in the Scripture is any people, uh, or it, it tells you to pray for any other city, I, I, I think that you should pray for your city, but the Bible tells you to pray for Jerusalem. And so that should be something that is in, a, um, in your priorities. And that comes to the second uh, of the outline, the priority of Israel. First to the Jew. In Romans 1.16, uh, this verse is often quoted. I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ or Messiah is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And how many times have I heard that verse quoted, but the last is left off of the verse. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so there is a priority of Israel. We see that in all of these verses here in Acts where Paul, who is an apostle to the Gentiles, first goes to the synagogue, to the Jews first. Because that was God's plan. That was God's mode of operation. And so Paul follows that even though he is a missionary to the Gentiles. He first goes to the synagogue. And then in Matthew 5, 24, uh, even Jesus said, he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So his purpose, or his, his uh, primary purpose when he was here was to Israel. Now, I'm not saying that that expand, didn't expand. It did expand. Um, but his purpose was to Israel. And so the priority should be Israel. And yet, how much of mission dollars is spent to reach the Jewish people? How many missionaries does even the Assemblies of God have to reach the Jewish people? Very few. They have many more missionaries to Muslims. They have many more missionaries to the uh, Native Americans. Um, but this should be a priority according to the Word of God.
And then the third of the outline, the purpose of Israel, and, and uh, mention this. I, I think um, I will read that. Uh, the first verse there listed is uh, um, from... Uh, uh, in Ro uh, Romans 11... It's, um, Paul says, has God forsaken Israel? There are people who think that, uh, you know, it's the church age, that, that God's finished with Israel. Paul says, has God forsaken Israel? God forbid. He says, no way. And he uses himself as an example. He says, I'm an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin. God's not forsaken his people whom he foreknew. And then in uh, Romans 11, 11, it begins with saying that he, he wants to reach uh, Israel or the Jewish people. And um, uh, uh, my phone is tied up. I don't have my Bible. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Is there a Bible? Thank you. I'm using the I'm using my phone for the presentation and oh my goodness I I need glasses. <laughs> well, let's see here. Romans 11. In Romans 11 verse 11 it says uh let's see. Maybe you can read it. Can uh, read Romans 11:11. 11, 11. Yes, and uh through uh no, uh, Romans 11, 11. Oh, I'm sorry, 11, 11. Okay. I say then, and thou stumble that they should fall. God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation, is, salvation come unto God, uh, unto the Gentiles. Yeah, so, okay, and then in, in verse 15 in a moment. So we have that salvation has come to the Gentiles because the Jews' rejection, right? <coughs> and so um, because of the Jews' rejection, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now in verse 15, it says what? For if the casting away of them be for reconciliation of the world, what what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Right, so if their rejection brought salvation to the world, what will happen when they accept? Paul is drawing a direct correlation that that the, the Gentiles have been blessed because of Jewish rejection. But when they accept, there's life from the dead. This is resurrection. So if you want Jesus to return, if you want his kingdom over all the earth as Lord of lords and King of kings, then the Jews need to accept him as their Messiah. With their acceptance comes life from the dead. So there is a purpose. They've been created for a purpose. To bless, to be a light to the nations, and ultimately, with their acceptance of Jesus, comes resurrection. Alright, so we see that 
Um, uh, these are the ways that we can receive blessing. First, listen and obey God. Second, do not listen to ungodly counsel. Three, honor authority. Four, be generous. And five, bless Israel. These are the ways that the scriptures are explicit. I mean, there, there are many people saying many different things about steps to receive uh, you know, uh, whatever you want from God. But God has said, these are the ways that he will bless. Any questions? Any comments? No questions. No questions and no comments. <laughs> well, um, the... Uh, as I said, if you, if you want to email me, I'll, I'll send you an outline. Um, otherwise, um, oh, and uh, um, the, uh, my email can be found on the, uh, either the AG website or it, my personal email is robspector at AOL.com. All right. Well, I think that... Uh, if we don't have any questions, then that's it. Thanks, thank I have an so, okay, I'm ready for that. Jerusalem. Okay, Jerusalem is the city. It, <clears throat> the old name or the ancient name is Salem, and Jerusalem is uh, is a derivative of that. It was uh, David's. Uh, uh, you know the place of the capital of his kingdom, and it, according to scripture, is the uh, the the throne of the king. And who is the king? Jesus, and that's his throne. So where is he coming back to? Israel, Israel to Jerusalem. Um, the scriptures talk about, and the assembly's doctrine says that uh, Jesus will. Uh, his millennial thousand year reign on earth and that is uh, uh, what I believe is uh, hopefully soon <laughs> you know we all hope yeah right prophecies have been fulfilled you know the gathering of Israel back to Israel uh, from the north and from the east and from the south not yet from the west we still have almost as many Jews here as there are in Israel. So about 6 million Jews here in America, there's 7 million in Israel. What's so, the difference between the Messianic Jews? Yeah, Messianic Jews are called that because they're followers of Messiah. Uh -huh. So they're Jews, I'm a Messianic Jew. So it's a Jew that follows the Messiah. Uh, there are, there's uh, some that call themselves Messianic um, that aren't following Jesus, but it's, it's not, I don't think you would ever meet them, so it, it's not something that you would run across. So most often, a Messianic Jew is a follower of Jesus. Yeah. And by the way, uh, the word Christ is not in, um, used that in Messianic circles because what does Christ mean? It's not his last name, by the way. <laughs> it's his title. And he is the Christ. Uh, it means anointed one. 
it is a word that was used, a made-up word. There was never any Christ in Greek, I mean, the language, uh, Greek language, before they used it in the Bible. And so it is a word, that made-up word to indicate anointed one. And that's what Messiah means, anointed one. So Jewish people use the word Messiah or Messianic instead of Christ or Christian. Okay? Well, you're, you're dismissed. Uh, if you have any other questions, feel free to ask.